Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Fourth String Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brady, with my co-host, Mitch and Skyler. Gentlemen, we are continuing our uh, plod along the our NFL previews, even though the college football world has fallen apart over the weekend. And we promise everybody we are going to to kind of highlight what's happened there in a future episode. But we are continuing with our team previews. We're staying in the AFC East. We did the Jets on our last episode, um, but we're going to talk about the New England Patriots today, our co-host Skyler's favorite football team who had anything but a good season this year. Um, coming off of a uh, Mac Jones's rookie year where they finished 10 and seven, made the playoffs. It was an eight and nine rough campaign uh, for New England. The year started uh, with a uh, loss on the road at Miami. They came back the next week with a win against Pittsburgh before dropping two in a row to Baltimore and Green Bay. Now, at that time, early on in the season, Mac Jones was hurt. Brian Hoyer got hurt against Green Bay. Bailey Zappi uh, stepped in. And Zappi uh, led New England to a couple of wins uh, against Detroit and Cleveland before a terrible Monday night showing against Chicago. Got him benched. Mac Jones came back in. From there, uh, New England rattled off uh, three wins uh, with a buy in between there. They beat the Jets. They beat the Colts. Had their buy. Came back and beat the Jets again. They were six and four and were in decent position to make a playoff push, but it all fell apart. They finished the season two and five. After that, they lost to Minnesota and Buffalo. Came back and beat Arizona. Lost to the Raiders and Bengals. Beat Miami, but then closed the season with a loss against Buffalo. At that time, I believe they were fully eliminated from the playoffs. Um, yeah, they needed to win that game to get to. So still be in contention for the playoffs. Um, Mac Jones started 14 games. Zappi started uh, two. Hoyer started one. Jones finished the year with uh, just a hair under 3,000 total passing yards, 14 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Zappi in his game, 781 passing yards, 70% completion percentage, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Team was led in rushing by Ramondre Stevenson, who had 1,040 yards and five rushing touchdowns, and led in receiving um uh, also by Ramondre Stevenson with 69 uh, catches. They were led in yards by uh, Jacoby Myers with 804, as well as in touchdowns by Jacoby Myers. Um, defense was largely the thing that New England held uh, their hat on once again. Uh, top uh, uh, number two in forced turnovers, uh, fifth in the league in first downs given up, third in forced interceptions, um, first in rushing touchdowns given up. They only give up seven rushing touchdowns all of last season. A very good defense, but that offense was well below marks. Uh, Mitch, eight and nine, rough year for New England. What stood out for you in 2022, given that this was a team that had made the playoffs the year before? I mean, how do you not start with that offense? Uh, you know, choosing to hire Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to coordinate the offense, which is weird. And, and, we got the results that we kind of figured. I mean, Mac Jones really, uh, his growth was stunted. We see that in the numbers and the play. Um, Ramondre Stevenson basically had to put the offense on his back. Uh, as Brady said, all of his stats, Jacoby Myers had a, a nice year too, but there's just a lot of question marks on the offense. I mean, the John o. Smith signing just continued to like get worse and it's like why did you even sign him when you're not going to use him that much as you do with like Hunter Henry uh the offensive line situation is kind of getting worrisome um you know last year the 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 strength was in the interior obviously when you have guys like uh Michael Wanu and uh David Andrews at the guard center position but I mean the tackle position I think really hurt them last year um and outside of Jacoby Myers, like there wasn't really a receiver who like stepped up. Devontae Parker, I think, had a solid year for him. Um, that really doesn't say much. The Taekwon Thornton, the draft pick is, you know, it, it's getting a little bit icy there. Just just because you haven't like seen him uh step up his game yet. Um, but when you look at the defense, obviously that was the big bright spot. I mean, you saw the all the Joneses on that defense in the secondary, Jonathan, Marcus, and Jack, who had phenomenal years and really buoyed this defense, and guys like Matthew Judon, who continues to show, show how underappreciated and underrated he is as a, a pass rusher. 
I mean, the dude had 15 and a half sacks, and I feel like we don't talk about him enough when we talk about who are the elite pass rushers in the game. Um, so it was just really tough to see last year. And I feel bad for Mac Jones because a lot of people were, you know, were thinking there could be a possibility going into this offseason that they would make that quarterback switch. And I feel like he's a he's a good quarterback for them. He can be the franchise guy for them. But I just feel that the the move that they made by bringing those guys in for awesome offensive coordinator really stunted his growth. And I'm hoping uh, Bill O'Brien can correct that going into this season because I feel like there's potential there. Tyler, what were your um, thoughts on uh, your favorite team last season? I mean, like like you guys said, I think it really kind of lays there with that offense. It's kind of um, ridiculous how disappointing the offense was throughout the year. And, I mean, I think that there's at a time where there's – rightfully so a lot of questions on Bill Belichick and his ability to lead this team moving forward um as the head coach and GM and some of the draft um draft picks he's had over the past couple of years um and some kind of and some of the offseason moves he's made um like it like it makes sense like you're it is is understandable while why both national pundits and Patriots fans um have started to question some of the moves he's made. Um I think at some points he's probably bought into his own ego and bought into his own mythos, um, believed his own propaganda, um, that he could just put whoever he wanted on the offensive side of the ball and it was gonna work. And you know, at times it did Ramondre Stevenson, I mean uh Brady uh Right off the stats, Ramondre Stevenson was our best offensive player last year. Um, and having three different quarterbacks start games for you, even when you know Bailey Zappi was successful, um, at times it still isn't it isn't productive um, in terms of like cohesion on the offensive side of the ball and in our locker room. In terms of diagnosing exactly. What 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 went wrong last season? Um, part of it is that offense and how bad it played, how one dimensional it got. Um, some of it was that offensive line and how you were looking at the tackle position. Um, Owenu is still a great young tackle, still a great young player. You have good players on that offensive line. Yeah, um, you have great players on that offensive line. I mean, from left to right, Trent Brown, Cole Strange, David Andrews, Michael Wenyu, and then you know at this point it's Riley Reef, um, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But, um, you have good players there. But again, there's the cohesion since, uh, Scare not Scarabrini, that's the old Celtic player, um, the old offensive line coach had had left. I think it was like Scarbo or something like that. Um, the offensive line play hasn't been, you know, where it had it been during the Super Bowl years. But again, like at some point, every like every dynasty goes down. Um, and another point that is 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 that has to be made is the parity in the NFL and how much better a lot of the AFC East teams have gotten. I mean, Mike Daniels probably one of the better young play callers and head coaches in the NFL. Um, and what they were able to do, you know, having Tyreek Hill and um, a lot of really, really good players on that team has helped. And um, we talked last episode about what Robert Sala has been able to do with the defense over in uh, in New York um, and some of the really, really good young offensive players that they have there. I mean, the Bills are – I mean, there's an argument to make that the Bills are probably the best team in, in the regular season, one of the best teams in football last year. Um and so where it was usually like during Patriots the past where you could be like, oh, yeah, they're going to get six wins because nobody in the AFC East is really challenging them. Um, it can't be said anymore. Um, they'll be lucky to go three and three. Um, they'll, they're going to be struggling like until they can get some some things on that offensive side that figured out. I have faith in the other three teams in the AFC that they're going to have better offenses. 
or in the AFC East, and they're gonna have better offenses. So it's there. There needs Bill Belichick needs to remind the NFL about like what kind of coach he is, not just from a defensive standpoint, because our defense is always going to be good. Brady read it off. Only seven rushing touchdowns last season were allowed. And I mean, between Uche and Judon, 30 sacks, like that's awesome between those two players. But our he needs to remind them about the offensive side of the ball too, like about like the kinds of moves he could make there too. Um, and if he can't do that, then the Patriots are going to be hurting a little bit moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I I feel so bad for Mac Jones. This is a dude who went from throwing to let's list off how many first round wide receivers uh, did Mac Jones play with at Alabama? Jerry Judy, Jameson Williams, uh, 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 Henry Ruggs, um, the dude who's down at Houston, John Mechie, um, Devontae Smith, yeah, Devontae Smith, Smith. um, like so many of those guys, and now he gets to throw with uh to a busted up Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, who's never really, who's had a hard time producing. Um, he got to throw into Keel Harry. I wanted to point out that Tyquan Thornton was is going into his second year in that NFL. Correct, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's going, he's going into, he's going into his second year. Absolutely, we hope to see a big jump. But in terms of what we saw out of him from a rookie. Not a lot. Um, he's throwing to Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, who we've paid, who they paid so much money to bring in, and neither of them. I mean, what Hunter Henry averaged like three catches per game for the Hunter amount Henry of money. Actually, had a pretty good year last year. Uh, Hunter Henry, four. Let's go through the stats here. Uh, forty-one catches, five hundred and nine yards, and two touchdowns. That comes out to uh, played in all 17 games, started 14. Comes out to about three catches per game on about four targets per game. Not oh, fair enough. Not worth the money that you're paying him. Johnny Smith stats even worse, right? Ramondre Stevenson had a great year, but when you break it down, the dude still didn't average uh, 100 total yards per game. And yet he was the lifeblood of their offense. When we break down, even just some of the more like kind of unconventional methods um, or, or unstandard statistics, when you look at the amount of games in, in which they had less than 300 total yards is crazy. This team had 17 turnovers over the, the season. Uh, uh, sorry, 23 turnover. Sorry. No. Yeah. 17 turnovers during the season, 11 of which came in the first nine weeks of the year. Um, Brady quick. Pretty quick question. When you were listing off who their leading receiver was, you said Ramondre Stevenson. In uh catches. in in receptions. Okay. Okay. With Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, because yeah, Jacoby Myers was the leader in in, in yards and touchdowns. Yards. Yep. Yeah. Um okay. you know, it was a miracle that this team went three and three in division, but it played out exactly how it should have. You swept the Jets. Great. They're the Jets, right? They had no offense. You had one game where you held Zach Wilson at like nine of 22 for 74 total yards. Um, you split the series against Miami. Um, but the game that you won against Miami was against Skylar Thompson. I'm fairly confident. Um, or yep. was the game that Teddy Bridgewater got hurt in one of the two um, because Tua Bailoa was still out at that time. And not only did you get swept by Buffalo, but you got swept by double digits both times by Buffalo. So it seemed that at least the year before you had competed with in the regular season, you split the series season with them and then got blown out in the playoffs. You couldn't even be competitive with. And unfortunately, I think Skyler hit it right on the head. When we look at how this season went and we mark how this off season goes, new England's behind the eight ball here. Now I know that new England walked into these last couple of seasons in a situation that as a franchise, they hadn't been in since before Bill Belichick shows up which is they're not favored to win the division, right? And at least last season with a rookie or two seasons ago with a rookie quarterback, you made a good showing. It was something that we talked about time and time again of all the quarterbacks taken in that draft. Mac Jones looked to be the most well-polished and that took a huge that that perception that we had took a huge step back this season. A lot of it rides on the, I think just, overall awful decision-making when it came to um, handling your offensive side of the ball. 
Um, I think a lot of it comes to an extremely questionable drafting strategy. I think a lot of it comes down to some extremely questionable free agent signings, but it's, it's just one of those. um, It was just one of those seasons for new England where despite how good they looked at times, this was a six and four team after all, at one point with a top five defense in many statistical categories, they had to reverse Detroit Detroit Lions problem where their offense was so bad at times you couldn't count on them to do anything. And I think unfortunately some of these statistics on offense that they have are bolstered by the fact that they had a defense that was so good at forcing turnovers, right? When you look at their points per game statistics, when you look at, um, when you look at their like red zone efficiency, when you look at things like that, a lot of that has to do with the fact that their defense was helping to generate offense. It was giving them a short field to play with. It was putting them in scoring positions. It was putting the other team's defense on the back foot. And that's where new England was able to, to utilize and pull out some, some tough wins. But I go back to that Monday night game against Chicago. It was a terrible Chicago team that they were playing and new England at home, a primetime game, Bill Belichick at quarterback against a, uh, or Bill Belichick at, at head coach um, against a quarterback in Justin Fields, who really hadn't shown the NFL much at that point. They get absolutely annihilated. It, it was an ugly, bad look. And unfortunately, I think the New England Patriots have to begin to realize that they can't hold all of their hopes on whatever Walmart shopping boy Bill Belichick finds that that week, you know, to step in and be their star wide receiver or whatever undrafted guy they can bring in to be their their starting corner or something along those lines. This is a team that has to understand the development part of draft and development. It was easy when you had some first ballot Hall of Famers that you could count on at varying positions. New England hasn't had that in the last three seasons, and it's showed in the last three seasons. Um, With that being said, let's move on to some of New England's uh, free agent moves. Big re-signing of uh, Matt Judon. That was huge. That was recent news that broke. Um, But Jonu Smith, uh, gone to the Falcons. Nelson Aguilar, gone to the Ravens. They did sign Mike Gusecki. So, newsflash, New England pays... Uh, money to bring in another tight, uh, free agent tight end. They did bring back some other guys, Devontae Parker, Jonathan Jones, Jalen Mills are all back. Jacoby Myers uh, ditches New England to go play with his old offensive coordinator out in Las Vegas. Um, obviously, a couple of other names on that list. Um, and they did have some signings themselves, um, including the greatest quarterback of all time, Trace McSorley. But um, Mitch, taking a look at their free agent moves, their acquisitions and losses, what stands out to you? definitely is going to feel weird not seeing like Devin McCourty or like Patrick Chung as one of the safeties for the Patriots. That's going to have to get used to because every time I imagine the Patriots, it's like one of those two are our safety. So it's yeah. sad to see that none of them are back there anymore. If they're in good hands uh, with, you know, Kyle Duggar stepping it up. Um, And then I think Jacoby Myers, I think is going to hurt. I know that they got Juju Smith-Schuster, but when comparing them, I feel like Jacoby Myers is a little bit better. I know Juju had some good stats last year, but how much is how much of that is playing with Patrick Mahomes? Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to do the same production going to the the Patriots. I'm not sure he could, but I just feel like Jacoby Myers right now is a better player, so I feel like it's uh, more of a loss. Um, but I, I for one really like the Mike Gusecki signing. I, I he had some tough. He, tough couple years in Miami but I just feel like that's because he really didn't line up the scheme you know he's not really known for being a blocker he's basically an oversized slot receiver uh last year 73 catches 780 yards two touchdowns and caught 65 percent of targets um I feel like uh Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien can use him pretty well and if they use him correctly like a slot receiver not asking him to do traditional tight end things and kind of leaving that up to hunter henry i feel like he'd be a huge weapon um for this offense which obviously we know that they need um and then bringing back trade flowers which they just did i think t- today or yesterday um gives you some good 
uh, depth. Hopefully they can get him back to that level he was playing at before he signed that big contract with the Lions and it really didn't pan out. Um, otherwise, I feel like they really didn't lose anything significant or gain much more besides those uh, couple of players. Yeah. Um, for New England, it's it, like Mitch said, it's going to be weird not having, you know, some staples like Patrick Chong and McCourty in the backfield. Um, but, but I think that a strength of New England under Bill Belichick um, is a secondary and it will continue to be the secondary. Um, Mitch Midge and Kyle Duggar, um, that guy, he has really stepped up over the last two years in terms of developing into a quality defensive back and safety and a guy that can get up into the box and, you know, playing that kind of hybrid nickel, nickel backer role. Um, he's done really well there. And I mean, Jonathan Jones has um, signed an extension, which is assigned, re-signed with a team, which was huge, um, getting Miles, Miles Bryant re-signed. And so you have a lot of those um, defensive backs coming back in and we'll talk about their draft. Their draft, it was a, you know, another staple of their draft too, like it usually is. Um, in terms of, you know, some losses and some re, um, getting some people back or um, losses and new signings. Um, I think Juju and Juju and Jacoby. It's just kind of you're swapping one for the other. I think that they can play relatively similar kinds of roles in that offense and that. They're kind of the same style of wide receiver. I think Juju can is a little bit can do a little bit more in the possession game. Um, I can't really say what who would have been better. I mean, they're the same age, and Jacoby's getting paid about um, three million more a year. Um, but the guarantees are exactly the same. It's almost an exact same contract. Um, so I mean, we'll just kind of. I mean, this is a good season to figure out who's the better wide receiver between him and Juju. Um, I I think getting Riley Reed from the Bears kind of helps shore up that right tackle, even if he is a 35-year-old tackle. Like, he needs some help there. Um, I think getting Gusecki is an improvement over Johnny Smith and kind of allows to go back to that two tight end set that Bill O'Brien ran the first time he was with us Um, um between him and Hunter Henry. Um, I mean, you shored up uh, more on the left tackle side with getting Calvin Anderson. Um, but really, I think just kind of additions, it's it's Schuster, Gasecki, and Riley Reef, And that's really about it. And the you lost some guys like Marcus Cannon, who at one point looked really promising. Um, Juwan Williams, who you spent a second round pick on. Um, like, so there are some guys that you miss. And I mean, like having you know, a lot of people thought was going to be the new running back for them. And Damian Harris is now with the Bills. Um, but I think that that's, and I, but I think that's just kind of in the Patriot. Like he, they're willing to discard players more than I think some are. Um, and so nothing was like super shocking in what happened or who left um, in terms, in terms of this free agency, at least. Um, Yeah. So, I think you guys hit it on the head. I the Mike Gesicki signing, you got him relatively cheap. So if he works out for you, he works out for you. You know, um, uh, you're only paying him like four point five million dollars next year. Not not a huge investment. Not nearly what you would pay for Hunter Henry. Um, and if it's a situation where New England is going to run those two tight end sets, great. But kind of going back to what Mitch said, Mike Gesicki's not. You know famously well-known for being an exceptionally fantastic blocking tight end, and that's kind of what New England loves to run out of their two tight end sets. They, they like to do um, play-action passes and stuff, obviously, from there, um, and, and it's always been a staple of a Bill O'Brien-style offense, but I I don't personally know how well Mike Gusecki is going to fit into this offense. I'm, I already wasn't sure how well Hunter Henry was going to fit into this offense. Um, we haven't particularly seen it work out. Uh, for the guys that they had brought back, Jalen Mills, Matthew Judon, um, some of the other names that, that Mitch and Sky had mentioned, I love those, especially the Matt Judon pick. The dude had like 15 and a half sacks last year. was absolutely fantastic. Juju Smith-Schuster, um, 
you know, it could work for you, but I have about as much faith in that as I do like Chase Claypool in uh, Chicago. I, I just frankly don't have a lot of faith. Um, listen, I was a Houston Texan fan. I know the type of offense that Bill O'Brien likes to run. And if that's, you know, uh, if if you're okay with a bunch of nine and seven, nine and eight, ten and seven seasons, then, hey, man, Bill O'Brien's definitely going to get you there. I don't necessarily know if this is an offense loaded in a way to be ultimately successful. Um, we also, to touch on another loss that they had that I don't think we touched on, was the loss of Damian Harris. We go from New England having a running back room that has largely been their strength for another couple for the last couple of years to now, after Ramondre Stevenson, your halfback depth is Ty Montgomery, Pierre Strong, and Kevin Harris. It, you don't have a ton of quality depth there. Now, Bill, now, um, you know, Bill Belichick knows how to pick them. Don't get me wrong. He, you know, if you're in the running back room in New England, you have talent and there's something about you that that you could definitely be special. But I have I have issues there. I have issues bringing in a temporary 35 year old to play your right tackle in Riley Reef, a guy who fell apart with Minnesota, couldn't work out with Chicago. And we know how bad their offensive line was. Um, and now he's he's plug and play right tackle for you, given um, who is the guy that they had traded to Tampa Bay and the Tampa Bay traded to Houston. Shaq Mason, Shaq Mason, right? Yeah. Considering how little you got in return for Shaq Mason when you had initially traded him, traded him to Tampa Bay, um, that problem at right tackle is is really questionable uh, to me. But all in all, I don't think that they lost too much production because, frankly, offensively there wasn't a lot of production to lose, um, and defensively, the safety position in terms of not having guys like McCourty or Chung, um, they're a little worrisome. But you've still got Kyle Duggar and Jabril Peppers. You brought back Jalen Mills. You still have Adrian Phillips. You drafted guys yeah, like Marte have... Mapu. You have plenty of depth there. You're perfectly fine. The secondary is perfectly fine. The defense, all in all, is is perfectly fine. It's just that offensive side of the ball that that I do have some real problems with. But yeah, the the the, the key the, the the biggest addition for New England this offseason was hiring Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator. Like flat out, absolutely. that was just the biggest addition. Absolutely. Um, but let's move on to New England's draft. New England had quite a few draft picks, and they started off uh, initially trading back uh, to number 17, where they drafted Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon, a guy who a lot of people had projected going top 10. New England ends up grabbing him at 17. They followed up in the second round, taking edge rusher Keon White out of Georgia Tech. In the third round, they took safety Marte Mapu from Sacramento State. You know Bill Belichick is going to pull the most out-of-nowhere schools to draft a guy from. In the fourth round, uh, they had three picks where they took Jake Andrews, the center out of Troy, Chad Ryland, the kicker out of Maryland, and Saidi Sow, the guard out of Eastern Michigan. In the fifth round, they took uh, interior offensive lineman and uh, Antonio Mafia out of UCLA. And with four sixth-round picks, they finally addressed the wide receiver position, taking Kayshawn Booty out of LSU, uh, they followed up with Bryce Berenger, the punter out of Michigan State, before going back to wide receiver with Demario Douglas from Liberty uh, and finishing the sixth round with an Amir Speed, the corner out of Michigan State, before uh, finishing their draft in the seventh round, taking Isaiah Bolden, corner out of Jackson State. So New England focuses heavy on the secondary. They took three corners and a safety. They draft both a punter and a kicker. They take two wide receivers, but not until the sixth round and multiple interior offensive linemen. Mitch, grading the New England draft, uh, how would you uh, put a grade on it? I think I'm probably going to be the most uh, positive guy about this uh, draft class. I'd probably give it a B. I like it for the most part. Christian Gonzalez, like you said, a very talented guy, should have been in the top 10. But to add that to what they already have in the cornerback room, it's an embarrassment of riches. Keon White was a guy who could have uh, went in the first round. Um, I feel like he can bring really great depth. Uh, probably going to be playing on a defensive line, which is never a bad thing, as we've seen. Uh, but the guy that I like the most is uh, Marte Mahu. Uh, Skyler can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're moving him to linebacker. Um, yeah, but I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, la last year, uh, he had 76 tackles, one sack, four symbol, and two picks. I feel like he can bring some juice to that linebacking room that it kind of needs. 
like the linebacking core has been playing all right, but it's not like the days of when it was, uh, you know, Dante Hightower, Chad Chandler Jones, and Jamie Collins, like those kind of guys back there. So I feel like it gives it some well needed juice. Um, and then after that, I would probably say my biggest biggest concerns is I like what they did with the interior offensive line, you know, spending three picks on it. But it just kind of worries me that they didn't spend one of those offensive lineman picks on a tackle where I feel like it's really desperate. Like you said, you know, Brady, Riley Reef is your right tackle. Trent Brown, you know, it's kind of up in the air. He's been okay um, as your left tackle. And I just don't know about the depth behind him. It worries me a lot. Um, and then doubling down or tripling down in this case on cornerback, you know, you got Christian Zoss, which is awesome getting guys like Amir Speed and Isaiah Bolden, and I just feel like it might be too much. I don't know how many, how those guys are going to get snaps with how loaded the room is, and I feel like you could have been uh, using those picks addressed in other positions, maybe more linebackers, more defense linemen, that sort of thing. Um, so because of that, I'm going to give it a B. Giving it a B. Yeah. Skyler, you know how much we knock teams who draft both a kicker and a punter. So what are your thoughts yeah. here? Um, I mean, it's like, right. It's like a B, B plus. I'll, I'll go B plus. Um, and I mean, because I do, knowing what Bill Belichick can do with his team, um, like there's, there is that with these players and like how many of them are almost positionless players and you're looking more at their intangibles like their their speed how well that they've been doing or even just kind of like like a lot of a lot of them are developmental prospect prospects and that's something that the patriots actually do relatively well especially at the positions they drafted the most at offensive line um offensive line uh defensive back and special teams it's kind of crazy um and so i feel like all these players can you know at some point do well and even you know guys like you know Amir Speed, Isaiah Bolden, Demario Douglas in the back end could probably end up being few special teams players for this team moving forward. Um I mean I think of like Matthew Slater, I think of um that he was like an all pro returner for us like three years ago. Um I can't remember who he is. Um, right off the top of my head, but he was a higher a higher round draft pick. I mean, Michael Wanyu was a sixth rounder out of Michigan. Um, they're good at developing those players, those kinds of players. Um, in terms of like my favorites, Christian Gonzalez immediately stands out. This guy could have was talked about being the first or second defensive back off the board. Um, and the fact that you know Patriots were able to trade back and still get the player that they wanted definitely colors this. This draft just a little bit for me. Um, Christian Gonzalez is probably going to be starting on that left side for us. Um, and he's exactly the kind of wide receiver that or defensive back that you need right now with all of these very rangy, speedy wide receivers. Um, and he fits exactly the kind of system that Bill Belichick wants to run on that defensive side. Keon White, I don't have as much as high of things to say on, um, but I do think that he's going to be a good piece of that edge rush. Um, and he has a plenty of time to develop behind the guy, the likes of, you know, Diedrich Wise. Uh, Matthew Judon um, and uh, Chase Uche and Josh Uche. Um, I'm always okay with offensive line depth. I don't like taking not even the best kicker in the in the draft in the fourth round, um, but he is a, he is a Big Ten. Um, I mean both of the both of the special teams players that they picked for Big Ten play, players and special teams in the Big Ten is probably looked after more than in other places in in college sports. Um, Keishon Booty is the one that I'll kind of focus on. Um, this was a guy that was talked about being like the number one wide receiver in this class at different times by analysts. Um, and I think that if they take their time with it, um, they can develop him into a, a nice complementary piece for um for this offense to use. Um, I think that, I think as of right now, he's listed as like a second stringer. 
um, on that offense. Um, and I think that you can use him in different pieces and use him well. I mean, we, we've talked at, at nauseum about um, that LSU wide receiver room. Um, I mean, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Trey Palmer, Terrence Marshall Jr., and now Kayshawn Booty are all in the NFL now. Um, and they all were once in that LSU wide receiver room in 2020. Um, when they won that national 2019, 2020, when they won the national championship. Um, Kayshawn Booty wasn't he, on the team when they won the national championship. Kayshawn Booty wasn't on the team. Oh, no, he was on the 2020 team then. Yeah. Um, well, the rest of those guys that I said were, um, uh, and then I do have to give a shout out to Isaiah Bolden. He was the only, um, player from the HBCU that was drafted this year. Um, and I completely agree with what one of the few times I agree with coach prime that it was kind of bullshit that he was the only one that was drafted from an hbcu this year uh, but he's a good slot defender and i think that he can again if there's the the the, the positions that they new england has been known to draft and develop really well are the ones that they drafted a lot of in this in this um and so that's why it's at a b plus but it keeping it from an a is the fact that you drafted both a kicker and a punter um there's the fact that you didn't besides um uh marty uh mapu um, no one can really play linebacker, and I think that's a position of weakness on this defense. Um, it's that you waited till the sixth round to to draft a wide receiver. All of that keeps it from going to an A. And actually, I might just drop it down to a B in general and just sit there with Mitch. Um, but I mean, it's a good draft that I think they can develop into some really key players. But um, it's because it, a lot of it's de- developmental, and you have some key holes that you missed. Um, that's a B B plus. Um, I give it a C minus. Um, I do not like this draft for New England really at all. Um, I think Christian Gonzalez is a steal. Um, at 17, that was a huge pick for them. And and when they made that pick, I was like, oh wow, okay. So they had traded back with Pittsburgh, gotten an extra pick, screwed the Jets out of being able to draft the tackle that they wanted, and then turned around and got a guy who, in my opinion, was the best starting corner. Um, available in this draft and a guy who I think could sauce Gardner um, 2.0 his rookie season this year. But then when I just, when I go through the rest of these drafts picks, I I just don't really see anybody who's going to be worth a damn. Unfortunately, Kayshawn booty. Don't even get me started on Kayshawn booty. This dude was one of the highest recruited uh, players coming out of high school shows up at LSU had a pretty good season in 2020, 45 catches, 735 yards, five touchdowns, followed up in 2021, 38 catches, 509 yards, nine touchdowns, pretty good. But last year was terrible. 48 catches, 538 yards, two touchdowns. Every time I watched Kayshawn Booty play, I didn't see effort. I didn't see exceptional athleticism. I don't think that he was fast enough to make up for the fact that he's only six foot, sub 200 pounds. He's obviously not tall enough to go over and moss many guys. I don't think he has great jump. I don't think he has great speed. I don't think he has great athleticism. And frankly, I- I've been nothing but disappointed with the amount of effort I've seen out of Kayshawn Booty every time I watch the dude play at LSU. Um, I do like the Marte Mapu pick if they plan on playing him at linebacker, um, which it sounds and seems like they are. But I don't know. I, I don't think Marte Mapu gives you anything that Kyle Duggar didn't. And I agree with Skyler in saying that um, your linebacker core is, is really a weakness on defense. It It's still better than a lot of other teams' uh, linebacker room. But if there was a point on defense I'd say was weak, it would be that. Had New England not touched the corner position after Christian Gonzalez, they hadn't touched the secondary after Marte Mapu, I'd probably give this draft a higher grade. But instead, they draft a kicker and a punter, neither of whom are the best at those respective positions for where or when they drafted them. They drafted three additional corners after that, uh, or two additional corners after that, uh, drafted two wide receivers in the sixth round in a draft in which all of the wide receiver talent was gone um, by rounds four or so. So for a team to have four fourth-round picks and not draft a single wide receiver, instead go with three offensive linemen, none of whom I think are starters in the NFL. And maybe they can develop. Maybe Jake Anders or City Sow can develop. Um, 
but I, I don't see those guys as potential starters. I don't necessarily think they have the versatility to play multiple positions. I don't see any of these guys being able to step in and play tackle, which on both sides of the ball, I think is a massive need for the New England offensive line. I don't see a halfback, which is astonishing because guys, this is now what the third, fourth year that we've been doing these team previews. How many years have we sat there and gone, oh, wow, New England drafted three running backs again? I think this is the first time in the last three or four years that they have not drafted a single running back. They haven't drafted a single running back, and I circle back to that depth because when I look at New England, if Ramondre no, Stevenson Brady. goes down... No, Brady, they drafted Ramondre Stevenson, they drafted Pierre, Pierre Strong Jr. This is the first time in a while that they haven't drafted a running back. Yeah, that correct. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so okay. when, I thought so you when were I, saying that they... No, so when no. I look at, at their depths right now, if Ramondre Stevenson goes down, I don't know where they're going to be running the ball from. I, I I just don't, because the other guys behind you have Ty Montgomery, who, remember, was a wide receiver before Green Bay turned him into a halfback, and he's made a little career out of himself being a halfback. And Pierre Strong, we haven't seen play very much. I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't, I really don't love this draft out of New England. I don't understand what direction they're moving in. I don't know if they know what direction they're moving in. I don't know if New England even knows what the problems are with their team. And this is this was a draft class with Bill O'Brien being your offense coordinator, knowing the direction you wanted to take your offense in, but but especially not to touch that wide receiver room in a draft that was so deep on wide receivers until the sixth round is astonishing to me. It, Paying Mike Gusecki as you're paying Hunter Henry and not touching the tight end position, which again was extremely deep this year, was astonishing to me. Not going after a tackle, astonishing. Not drafting more interior linebackers and hoping that Marte Mapu, a guy who played Division II football, can move in and play linebacker at the highest level of professional football. It's crazy to me. And, you know, and don't get me wrong, Chad Ryland, I think, could be a very good kicker. I think he could be a sleeper Evan McPherson type. Um, but taking a kicker in the fourth round and a punter in the sixth round is head scratching to me. And I know when we talk about the Packers, Packers also drafted a kicker and they used a decent pick to do it. So this is a point I'm going to be making when we talk about my favorite team also. But it it's just astonishing. We just have to hope that this time the kicker that New England drafted isn't secretly a racist. Um, so let's uh, move on to New England's uh, schedule for 2023. Eight and nine last year, looking to follow it up. They kicked the season off at home against the reigning NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. They then follow it up with another home game against Miami before back-to-back road games against the Jets and Cowboys. Back home against New Orleans at Las Vegas to take on Josh McDaniels. Um, and Jacoby Myers and a bunch of old Patriots there back home against Buffalo at Miami. So congratulations, Skyler. You don't have to worry about an end of season game against Miami um, back you. home after, uh, after the game against Miami for back-to-back home games against the commanders and Colts before a bye week in uh, November, uh, they go on the road to the giants home against the chargers at Pittsburgh home against Kansas city, and then close the season off at Denver at Buffalo and back home against the jets. Eight and nine last year, three and three in division, no playoff appearance. Mitch, how do you think the Patriots are going to fare in 2023? I think we're going to finally get to get some consistency and go eight and nine again. Um, <laughs> just kind of looking, just looking at the schedule. I mean, the the AFC East, which was a dog last year, is only is only tougher this year. God, with each team getting better and. There's a lot of contenders that the Patriots are going to have to go through. Like you said, week one is the Philadelphia Eagles coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Um, they have to play the Chiefs. Um, the Chargers are always in the conversation. Um, and the Cowboys sorry, seem like they're on the uptick. And there's teams with really good defenses, defenses, especially defensive lines, which makes me worry just given the state of the Patriots' offensive line. Uh, you know, the commanders are going to be tough. The Steelers, even though the offense might not be there, the defense is going to be tough to play against. The Saints, even though they're a question mark, the defense is still good. So there's a lot of worries there schedule-wise. And then just looking at the team, like I said, the offensive line is still a worry for me, especially the offensive tackle position. I feel like the interior is fine. It's the strength, but the tackle position worries me. The wide receiver room, 
you know, I don't think it got better and I feel like it got slightly worse. So uh, even with Bill O'Brien there, the Mac Jones, I feel like doesn't have the weapons he's going to need. Um, like Brady's brought up, Ramondre Stevens has been awesome, but the depth behind him is untested. Some guys might step up, they might not. So that worries me a little bit. Um, so taking that Skyler, can you um, cur or do you have a more optimistic viewpoint? I actually have a more pessimistic viewpoint. I going seven to ten. Um I think, like you said, the schedule's rough. It's real rough. Um and in division, like I have them like if going off of like how it would work, like on my schedule. Like, they don't play a lot of teams with losing records. Like, they don't play a lot of teams that are um, going to do bad this season. Um, it's like you have Philadelphia, who is probably one of one of the two best – one of the – yeah, I'd say one of the two best teams in the NFC and um, one of the only real contenders for that one slot. Um, you have to play Miami twice, which you could probably – go break even with them, but it just kind of depends on what happens with Tua. Um, you have to play the Jets, who are going to be better this year. Um, Cowboys are always are always contending in the NFC East. Um, you have the Saints, who I think are a playoff team. Um, you have uh, the Bills that you have to play twice a year, who are going to are a perennial, you know, one or two seed T1, like uh, battling for that bye week. Um, Washington, like Mitch said, has a good good enough defense. Uh, the Giants have been getting better. Uh, Chargers are always contending. Um, Steelers are always going to be a tough out. You have to play Kansas City. You have to play Denver, who should be better this year. Like, <laughs> there's no gimmies this season. Like, the only gimmies probably Indianapolis. Yeah, there's all yeah. The only gimmies probably Indianapolis, and even that game you have to go play in Germany. Um. So I'm so like based off of that, based off of how tough the and if the AFC East should be this season, it's it's a it's a not seven and ten team. And I mean, I don't think this team's gonna be worse than last year's team. I think this offense can actually be better. But everyone else and like they did not like yes, they got slightly better, but everyone else in the AFC East got much better, or they were already much better than the Patriots were. And so it's like they're not they're not matching with how how good the AFC is getting. And so that's that's dangerous and it's going to they're going to get left behind. Yeah, you know, um a big thing uh as we kick off political season is everybody's going to be talking about inflation. Let's talk about inflation of talent in the AFC East. Everybody else in the AFC East has gotten so much better over these last couple of years. We know how good Buffalo was until Von Miller got hurt. If he plays a full season, Von Miller Von Miller and that Buffalo defense is very very good we know about the acquisition of aaron Rodgers. we know what a healthy miami team can do um given what we saw out of, out of mike mcdaniels and this team last season i i don't even agree with skyler in saying that new england got slightly better because i i don't know if they did across the board yeah you brought in christian gonzalez but there's a very good possibility that one of your better corners last year and jack jones goes to prison for an ex, for a, an extended period of time due to his legal problems so what's what really is your net gain on that? What remains to be seen? Um, this is a New England team who last year went one and five against teams who made the playoffs, with their only win being the game in which Teddy Bridgewater got hurt and Skyler Thompson had to come in. Um, they face nine opponents this upcoming season who made the playoffs last year. New England went three and three in division last year. They are going to be lucky if they get to that point. I say they go one and five in division. I think New England all in all goes five and 12. I think this is a, I think this is a bad season for New England across the board. I look at, I look at those first four weeks, Philadelphia, Miami, the jets, Dallas, that's already miserable as is all four of those teams probably should make the playoffs this year. New Orleans has a very good shot at it. Las Vegas remains to be seen. Buffalo twice. Miami again. Um, I agree. Washington, Indianapolis very much could be wins. But the Giants, have the Patriots really added anybody 
better than Darren Waller has been added to the Giants. I don't know if I can agree with that. The Chargers, a playoff team last year, decent defense, very good uh, quarterback in Justin Herbert. Pittsburgh, I'm I'm on the Pittsburgh train and that team becoming fundamentally better as Kenny Pickett grows. Kansas City, Denver's just added a Super Bowl winning head coach and then close the season, Buffalo and the Jets again. That that's a brutal schedule and and I talk about where can a team stack wins, where can a team get into a feel for things, and I think there's a very real possibility that by the time New England walks into their bye week, um, which for them would be week seven, eight, nine, ten, it'd be week eleven. I think there's a very real possibility, maybe best case scenario, New England walks into that bye week like three and seven. I just I don't know where this team is going to win these games, and I don't know if Bill O'Brien is enough of an offensive guru um, in order to in order to make this a competent offense. And and the thing that I really fear is that New England is going to suffer from the 2019 Bears syndrome, where their defense is still going to be good, but if their defense isn't forcing the second most turnovers in the league, how consistent can this offense actually play? If their defense goes out and is average at forcing turnovers or, God forbid, below average at forcing turnovers, and their offense is having to continuously go out and drive 70, 75 yards in order to pick up a touchdown, how effective can this team be? Can Mac Jones take another step? 14 touchdowns, 11 interceptions last year. Terrible numbers across the board. Can Can you average 225, 250 passing yards per game? Can Ramondre Stevenson stay healthy? You know, like there's just there's there's huge glaring issues with New England. Then when I look at their schedule, a lot of other teams don't have those glaring issues. So I'll put the caveat on it of if everybody stays healthy for their individual matchups, if the guy, if the key players that they're supposed to go against, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or or um, Tyreek Hill or Chris Olave or Micah Parsons or the list goes on and on and on of all these, you know, quality players that they're going to have to play. If they're playing those quality players, I don't think New England really stands a chance this season. And I go five and 12. I, I think this is going to be a really rough year for New England, given that this is a, a, a team coming off of a bad year already, who now has to face a worse schedule and their opponents in a lot of ways have gotten fundamentally better. So, With that being said, Mitch, if you had to make one big prediction for New England in 2023, what would it be? I think that Mike Gusecki is going to get 1,000 yards this season. Okay. Mike Gusecki gets 1,000 yards. 1,000 yards. Yeah, I just feel like with the state of the wide receiver room and the other pass catchers, the opportunity is there, you know, and I feel like he can – I feel like Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick can use them right and not how, you know, Mike McDaniel was trying to use them because, you know, very strict with the running system and blah, 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 Um, where I feel like they can use them properly. And I feel like his talent, the talent that he has as a pass catcher will step up and I feel like he can get to that number and uh, for this team. Skyler, how about you? Big prediction. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson finishes in top five in rushing yards. Ramondre Stevenson finishes top five in rushing yards. Mm-hmm. All right, I have to just double check. Okay, so he can't he can't catch Don Shula this season. Okay, um, uh. Um, the New England Patriots draft a quarterback in the first round next year. Um, I don't necessarily know if that means that Mac Jones that this is Mac Jones is like last year in New England. I don't know if it means this is last year as a starter, but five and twelve for me is good enough for New England to get a pretty premium pick. Um, and given some of the teams that we think are going to be drafting that high, um, New England's going to have the opportunity to bring in a really star caliber quarterback. I, I, there's, there's not really a lot for me to look forward to. If I had to give like a, 
a really um uh like optimistic big prediction it would be that josh uche and uh uh matthew judon combined for 30 total sacks this season um i think that's a definite possibility i think they had 27 combined last year so three more isn't crazy um but i think this is a bad year for new england across the board i think new england looks to draft a quarterback next year fair enough so mitch if you had to pick one player position group situation scheme whatever it might be one thing that's going to make or break the new england patriots in 2023 what's it going to be i feel like it's bill o'brien uh you know he's got to come up here and fix this offense he's got to get mac jones back on track to where we were seeing him as a rookie if he's able to do that uh you know keep the offensive line together um hopefully they can improve upon giving up 41 sacks last year and just figure out ways to uh, get these guys open because none of these are world beaters. Um, you know, there's no Julian Elliman, there's no Randy Moss in this wide receiver group for them. So he's got to, I feel like he's got to scheme things more to uh, make like Juju Smith Schuster, Devontae Parker, and so on and so forth, uh, get those opportunities to get this system going and figure out what to do with the tight ends because, you know, Hunter Henry and Mike Skatke are talented guys they just got to figure out how to use them well and use their talents and so if he's able to do that then obviously they can start to get back to the promised land and maybe uh be a dark horse for like the seventh seed or whatever but um if he can't get it going and it's looking like the end of his tenure with uh houston then obviously it's going to look like how you think their season is going to go brady and it's going to be the them drafting a bit a Caleb Williams or a uh, Drake make kind of uh, season. Yeah, same question. Well, kind of going off of that, it, it's Juju Thorant and, and Parker. It's those, it's, they're the supposed starting three wide receivers and it's up to them to um, be good enough to, like they have to help Mac Jones. Like Mac Jones can only do so much in this offense. And so um if Juju can be the kind of Juju can be the kind of wide receiver that we we has been an expectation of him for a long time. Um if Parker can get back to like if Parker can stay healthy, I and I said this last year when they when they signed him and I got some shit for it. If he stays healthy, this is a guy that can get a thousand yards um and like 10 touchdowns, but he needs to stay healthy. Um, and then Tyquan Thorin is the speedster. He's athletic. And I mean, you took a chance on him and he's definitely fits in that kind of Matt rule, like athletic kind of player. And if he can fit that um, and, and use that athleticism um, that this can be, this can be three, this can be three really good wide receivers, um, but they have to live up to those expectations. And those are expectations that I don't think a lot of, New England fans are optimistic that they can that they can. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on um the two pass rushers on Josh Uche and Matthew Judon. Um, if New England is gonna stand a chance this year against some very good quarterbacks that they're gonna have to play six times in total in Tuatonga Bailoa, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen, that's that's gonna be your bread and butter that's gonna make or break your season. If New England goes one and five in those games, it's a bad season. If New England goes five and one in those games, it's going to be a very good season for them. But in order to eliminate you being at such a disadvantage offensively, you have to generate pressure. You have to force turnovers off of generated pressure. You've got it when when New England has been successful against Josh Allen in the past. When New England was successful against Aaron Rodgers last year in their matchup in Green Bay, it was when they were able to generate pressure force turnovers off of it. That's that's going to be the thing that's going to make or break New England's uh, season this year, in my opinion, because I'm already chalking up their offense to being bad. I, I, I don't have a ton of faith in their offense. So I'm going to put the faith in the defense that was very good last year, but they're going to have to continue to be very, very good in order for this team to even be competitive. Because when I look at some of these guys that they got to play, they're at a real disadvantage. Uh, when you just stack up, is New England's defense better than a lot of the opponents that they have to play? Yeah, absolutely it is. It's a very good defense. It's a defense that does stack up favorably against Philadelphia 
against Miami or Buffalo or Kansas City. It's a defense that can work in those, but you are at such a disadvantage offensively. You have no one on your team the caliber of Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill or Aaron Rodgers or Jalen Hurts or Devontae Smith or, you know, like like the list can kind of go on and on and on here. Um, but there's backup wide receivers on some of these teams that are better than your number ones are. There's backup offensive linemen on some of these teams that are better than what you're going to be starting at your tackles. So your defense is going to have to play out of their mind the entire season. And that's going to start with your two top pass rushers and Josh Uche and, um, and uh, Matthew Ju- and Matt Judon. If those guys put up real big productive numbers, can force sacks, can force turnovers off of them. New England stands a chance at having a better than expected season. So, uh, with that being stated, uh, we will wrap up this team preview. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Email us your thoughts on New England at fourthstringspgmail.com. That is F-O-U-R-T-H stringspgmail.com. We will come back on our next episode, and we're going to be talking about our uh, second uh, NFC North team. I forgot how it all worked out. As we talk about me and Mitch's favorite team, the Green Bay Packers. We're going to be previewing the first year without Aaron Rodgers talking about the changing of the guard we may leave, we may relive some memories we may make skyler do that with us um who knows but we appreciate you guys for tuning in um email us your guys' thoughts reach out to us follow us on everything and have a fantastic night everybody